Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. I think we'll start things out tonight by going to the email box. David writes in from Maryland. He says, Ian, I'm emailing you with the hope that you can help me with a problem I'm having at school. Well, we'll be happy to do our best. Uh, He says, I'm 18 and a senior in high school. And today in my English class, class, the question was posed, and I'm not sure what this is doing in an English class, but uh, what would you do if there was a draft? About three people, one of whom is the uh, is a member of Junior Razzi, said, yes, I would go and fight. One conscientious objector uh, made himself known, and so on. I said I, would, uh, I said I never would, and that all of you who think the government somehow owns me can shut up. Don't know if that was the most tactful way to, uh, to approach the situation, mm-hmm. but I can understand that uh, an issue like the draft could really bring up some hard feelings and some, you know, s- some issues like that. Uh, He says, it was on, me versus a class of 25, and my teacher, a self-proclaimed big government Democrat. Long story short, they came to the consensus that I didn't appreciate all that the government has done for me, without me ever asking the government to do them for me, and that I was obligated to comply with its demands to take away some of my freedom, because it, the government, is the source of my rights and has granted many rights to me. Then the bell rang, so I had no time to respond to this, among the many other attacks that I received. It just so happens that in one week, each student is supposed to give a speech about a political issue they feel strongly about. I'd appreciate any help or suggestions about what I should say, what they, uh, since what they said today could not have made it easier to pick a topic, and that would be liberty. I don't think that you're the person to answer this, personally. Why, why is that? Uh, just because um, his audience... Well, I don't get it. What do you, what His do you audience say? doesn't Suggested. understand concepts of liberty, and I, I would su- suspect that you're going to come from you know uh, the arguments that he's made. You own you, and and all that uh, you know sort of uh, thing, and that the government's you know government's bad, military's bad, that kind of thing. And I think that he should come from a constitutional standpoint. Okay. I think that he should take the 16th Amendment, which says that uh, no man can, uh, you know, that, that people aren't slaves. I believe that's the 13th Amendment, but 13? I could be wrong. Crap. Yeah, 16th the uh, income tax. Yeah. Sorry. Um, 13th Amendment says that no man's a slave, no matter what, unless he's been convicted of a crime. And that being forced to serve in the military, see, that therefore, you take this government that's benevolent and kind and mm-hmm. good that they're talking about, you take its founding document, and you throw it in their face um, and tell them, look, the government says that I'm not a slave. I don't want to go serve. Therefore, if I have to go serve, I'm the government's slave. Okay, that's fine. That's a fine approach. I wouldn't have necessarily um, not suggested that. If if he wants to take that approach, that's fine. I don't know. Ask. I, I, he he specifically asked you, and I'm just thinking the Constitution isn't normally where you come from. Well, I mean, they could. And again, this is a paper that he has to write, so. Oh, excuse me, it's a speech. So it's not going to be any back and forth. Essentially, he'll be able to make all of his points, and that'll be it. There won't be any rebuttal to it. So he can take whatever uh, whatever tact he wants, but he says he would like some suggestions. He's picked liberty as an issue, and one of the things you might want to do is contradict or rebut some of the things they said, and that one of the most just egregious uh, errors here is to suggest that the government gives people rights. 
Well, that's just fallacious, and you don't even have to bring up the Constitution, but you could if you wanted to. For instance, uh, individuals wrote the Constitution, therefore people existed before the government. Did the people that wrote the Constitution not have rights? Did the rights come into existence after the Constitution was written and the government created? You know, if so, how was it that this writing of the Constitution created all of those rights? The Declaration of Independence says that men were endowed by their creator, not citizens of the United States, but men were endowed by their creator. And I'm sure that um, they meant that uh, people were, but that's what the statement is. In fact, I think taking, uh, bringing the Constitution into your speech is good because, again, it does give you that basis where people can, can look at you and say, oh, I might, might know what he's talking about there. Uh, you know, when it comes to, again, granting rights, once again, as you say, the Creator grants rights, if you have, whether you believe that's uh, God or your mo- mother and father or just nature, uh, the fact is you're born with rights, and the purpose of the Constitution, and this is something they don't teach you in government schools, so it's important to get this out there, again, if you want to approach it from a constitutional perspective, the purpose of the Constitution is to, and the Bill of Rights specifically, is to enshrine those rights that people already have. See, the Constitution is a set of rules, not for the people to follow, but for government to follow. The Constitution is that outline that creates the government and then says, okay, government, here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do this and this and this and this and this, and anything else that is not said here in this Constitution, you can't do. It's left to the states and the individuals and you know the people, respectively. It says this in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Amendments 9 and 10, specifically, uh, are you know, definitely worthy of taking a look at here. But the Constitution exists and the Bill of Rights exist to enshrine your rights, to say, whatever the government does, it can never infringe upon your right to free speech, your right to bear arms, your right to privacy. It can never do these things. And then if what you want, and then if you want to flesh out the speech, I don't know, he doesn't help say how long it's supposed to be. Then you can Usually go in three minutes for a high school speech. Or well, something. whatever. Then you can go and touch on some of those. You could talk about how, well, even though the Constitution's purpose is to enshrine the rights. Clearly, it is just a piece of paper, and it hasn't done a damn thing to actually protect them, because when a bunch of people get into government with the purpose of destroying rights, it's very clear that, well, they're they're able to get away with it. They can do that, and very, very little can be done to stop them. Uh, The freedom of speech has been just run roughshod over. The uh, Second Amendment is about to go in front of the Supreme Court, possibly to be eviscerated permanently. The Fourth Amendment has been uh, disabled by the war on drugs. If you look at, um, I I don't know if I'd go after the Constitution as a document. If you're using it as a founding, if if you decide to use it as a foundation of your argument, but you could say, um, in the Army, they don't have a First Amendment right. They cannot speak. Speak out against the war, um, so they don't have the right to free speech. Well, they've signed that away. Yeah, um, that the army doesn't allow certain religions to have their headstones uh, at Arlington. I don't know if his uh, speech has to be about the army. His, his speech is going to be about liberty. That's his his choice. Okay. Um, the but the issue could be, in class was military service. It could be. Yep. I'm. I'm. Uh, if, if we're addressing the draft, then I'm just. Giving some ideas here, you know. Right, we weren't addressing the draft. The issue was liberty and what he could talk about in his speech. Okay, um, but you could address the draft if you want. Well, let's. I, I, I was just pointing out that, uh, you know, in the Second Amendment, uh, the army was the National Guard was used to go go around and confiscate weapons in New Orleans. Um, that uh, the let's see. Uh, Posse Comitatus. I don't know how you could wrap Posse Comitatus into a uh, Amendment Four, but I think you go amendment by amendment, and. Uh, uh, Amendment 5, you could talk about the uh, military tribunals that the uh, people in Guantanamo are being subjected to. Sure. That 
you know, they don't have the right to a speedy trial. They don't have the right to uh, to face their witnesses. They don't have rights to a lot of things. As a matter of fact, the army in and of itself, a standing army, is antithetical to the Constitution. That's true. The Constitution says that uh, an army is supposed to t- stand for two years. Sure. You could explode all kinds of myths like that. And touching back on the Guantanamo thing, uh, these rights don't just apply to American citizens. The, the whole purpose was to point out that all men, not just all men born within a specific landmass, but all men, are, and of course women, are created equal. And so that means that if indeed this government is supposed to afford people certain protections and, uh, and deal with them in a certain fashion, they should be dealing with them on an equal fashion in that, uh, in that a, a man born in Ecuador is treated the same as a man born in New York City. So there's a big, uh, there's a big problem with the way things are happening down in Guantanamo because they're just ducking and dodging all of the constitutional protections that we're used to here in America that they're supposed to give to everybody when they're dealing with this particular government. So there's all, all kinds of myths and, and uh, misinformation that you can take the time to just explode and destroy and uh, be an iconoclast up there for three minutes. So there's our suggestions. Yeah. Unless you have anything else, Mark? Hopefully you won't get beat up in the parking lot. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, on the way here, there's a new Taser video that has been released, and I'm going to show it to you during the break, Mark, so you can comment on it. But essentially, the police have uh, essentially reached a new low. Recently, they've been tasering people, just pulling them over on the side of the road for speeding offenses and that sort of thing. And and that's pretty bad. Now they've reduced themselves to tasering women in handcuffs. That's right. Mm. They arrested and handcuffed a woman, brought her into the police station, and then proceeded to tase her. We'll give you the story on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are for free, including the updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You know first, if you're on the list, updates.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And the new Zero Blaster shoots smoke rings up to 12 feet with a, uh, with a blue LED light to light them up. You can get the Zero Blaster, a Mega Blaster, or a Mini Blaster. Get your blaster at ZeroToys.com. That's ZeroToys.com, 800-259-9231. We go to the amp line. Your calls are primary. Let's talk to Bill in New Hampshire. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, I was wondering if you guys had heard about uh, this thing that was going on in Florida where uh, Mitt Romney voters at straw polls were stuffing the ballot boxes. I heard something about it. Why don't you fill us in? Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a video on YouTube that, uh, pretty much, uh, some Republicans down in Florida, uh, went down to a straw poll, and what they observed and actually videotaped were large amounts, well, actually small amounts of Mitt Romney supporters amongst a large amount of Ron Paul supporters Mm -hmm. going back up to the ballot boxes 20, 40, 80 times. Wow. And voting, voting for Mitt Romney. So they actually caught these guys red-handed, huh? Well, yeah. Uh, apparently, there was there was absolutely no you know regulation of the process. Uh, people would walk up and and vote in the straw poll, peel off their little sticker, and get 
you know, right back in line and go vote again. It was my understanding that the uh, Romney campaign uh, set aside money to buy these tickets so these people could do that. And some straw polls allow you – straw polls are just a fundraising um, sure, event for that. the GOP. And It's still slimy. It, oh, it's awful. Uh, but, you know, that's that's how he won the – It's uh, politics. Yeah, that's how he won the uh, Iowa straw poll was, you know, just bought it. Throw money at it, yeah. Yeah. Well, very good. I mean, I'm glad the people were there with video cameras to catch that uh, sort of shenanigans uh, from going on, because as you say, it is politics. It's a dirty, uh, dirty game, and uh, they caught them. But will it make a difference uh, in the long run, all of these, you know, stuffing the ballot box? No. I mean, really, what's going to matter is what happens on uh, the actual primary day. And of course, that's anybody's guess as to how things sure, will go. Absolutely. Uh, I'm wondering whether or not, you know, people actually, you know, believe any of these numbers that come out of these polls and, you know, you are are influenced by them and know that this sort of thing actually takes place and to such a degree. I think they must be influenced to some extent or another because um you know, the, who's the who are the front runners? They're um as far as people are concerned, they are uh Mitt Romney, Giuliani, McCain. Why are they the front runners? Because they've heard their names enough times. So Wait, they, you mean they're not they're not the same guy? <laughs> they might as well be. Um, so <laughs> they've heard their names enough times, and the reason um, they've they've heard their names is because they're popular somehow or another. And so therefore, um, you know, the more often that you know these the results come in, the more effect they have. Of course, they don't report it when Ron Paul wins a straw poll, which means the straw polls haven't been reported that much in the news. Sure. Well, we'll happen. We'll see what happens uh, come December sixteenth. Yeah. Here's a question for you. It's sort of a related question, uh, Bill. You're uh, you're a Free State Project early mover, meaning that uh, you're one of the people like Mark and myself who've moved to New Hampshire early as part of the Free State Project to move a, as many liberty-loving people to the state as possible in order to get active for liberty. And we've yes, talked sir. we've talked in recent days on this program about uh, some of the ideological differences between some of the Free State Project members and. It seems like you're supporting Ron Paul. Are you someone who is going to actually go out and vote? And if so, uh, why are you participating in voting? Do you feel like that's uh, possibly an immoral act? If not, why not? Uh, well, let's see. I definitely am going out and I'm going to vote for Ron Paul. And uh, even though, uh, you know, the whole morass of political activity on, you know, a very fundamental level can be viewed as pretty much immoral and, you know, potentially, you know, the the use of force and aggression against everybody else in the United States. Um, you know, voting for anybody else, I think, would be immoral. Voting for Ron Paul, who's going to roll back the amount of, you know, force and corruption is is a step in the right direction. So, I mean, there's just such an overwhelming practical aspect to that. You know, it's it's like, you know, the, the drug war argument. You know, a lot of what, what people talk about is harm reduction. Voting for Ron Paul is going to be massive harm reduction for, mm-hmm. you know, the citizens of the United States. How anybody who loves freedom could not go out and vote for Ron Paul is is just beyond me. It's insanity. It is hard for me to understand myself. I mean, they say I mean, it's... they're more than welcome to do it, and but I, it's it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, again, it's it's really hard to to process. I mean, the fact is, even if everybody that was going to vote for Ron Paul stayed home, people are going to go out and vote for those other guys, and somebody's going to come out the winner. Uh, and you know, if it's not Ron Paul, the rest of those guys are going to wield the sword, and they're going to destroy and uh, invade more yeah, countries. Exactly. And you know, if you have the option, why aren't you going to go out and vote for the person who's the most beneficial to you? 
and to everybody, actually. I mean, he's, he's clearly the best person that we could possibly elect to fix the country. Yep. Because Very good. it is in desperate need of it. Bill, good hearing from you, man. Thanks for the call. You too. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Sakel's CAI toll free line. Uh, let's talk cops, shall we? We'll get to the story here in a moment uh, about what happened was it in Ohio? Yeah, Sheffield Lake, Ohio, where a drunken woman was tasered with handcuffs on. We'll explain that in a moment. But Paul Hine at LewRockwell.com has a few things to say. An interesting police story he'll relate here. He says, it, I th- he says, it is remarkable, I think, that some of the facts about government, which might be considered obvious, are not considered at all by the general public. For instance, the rulers make the rules. Uh, rule, excuse me, the rulers make the rulers, I think he meant the rules, which they call the law and insist that we take them very seriously indeed. But rulers can make rules all day long, and they do, and it will do them little good if there's nobody to administer and enforce them. And so we have the bureaucracy and the police. Those sullen, inefficient clerks at the auto license office are not there to serve you, obviously, yeah. but to serve the organization that hired them and pays them. If you ignore them and attempt to drive your automobile without the various devices which they insist that you buy and apply, the police will enter the picture. Do the police protect and serve you? Well, they're under no legal obligation to do so, and I might add that that's by several Supreme Court cases. But they might, if a situation arises wherein you need their help. But for sure, they will serve the rulers, making sure the rules are being kept and arresting those who spurn them. And should you have the temerity to question the legitimacy of the laws or the actions of the police in enforcing them, the judiciary will enter the scene dressed in a black robe and seated above everyone else, so that you must look up to him, if only for that reason. One of the ruling class, called a judge, will most solemnly and formally decide that whatever action of the rulers you might be protesting is, in fact, utterly proper and lawful, and your protest is without merit and frivolous. And, yeah, that's what they decide on a regular basis. Frivolous is a legal term used by the rulers to describe any challenge to their demands, especially one that proves the lawlessness of their claim. That the rulers and their associates are a privileged class becomes undeniably obvious when you see how they treat their dead. You've probably seen those impressive military funerals with the 21-gun salute and the folding of the flag to be given to the bereaved family. Recently here in Missouri, there was a spectacular example of the high regard with which the ruling class uh, regards itself. A young man broke into a store in a small town southwest of St. Louis. He took the car keys of a woman there and some cash. Local police arrived, but he escaped after firing a shot at them. He didn't hit anybody, and we'll explain what happened here in moments. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. You take control. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 1,450 pages created by listeners just like you. Go and get interactive there for free. WIKI.freetalklive.com. Get you to it. That's wiki. .freetalklive.com. Carla Howell is the head of the Center for Small Government. Tom Cryer is known as the man who beat the IRS in court. Bob Schultz is the chairman of the We the People's Foundation. All of them are working to end the income tax, and all will be at the 2008 Liberty Forum. Where will you be 
Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. And you can use the code 2008FTL if you'd like to save 10%. That's 2008FTL to save 10% on the Liberty Forum. 800-259-9231. Continuing the story from Paul Hine at lootrockwell.com. Paul talking about how it seems like there are two different classes of people in America. There's the privileged government class, and there's the rest of us little peons. And he's going to relate a story here from uh, St. Louis that will sort of uh, make that pretty crystal clear, I think. So here's what happened. Young man broke into a store in a small town southwest of St. Louis. He took uh, the car keys of a woman there and some cash. Local police arrived, but he escaped after firing a shot at them. He didn't hit anybody. He was later spotted in a wooded area nearby. Deputies summoned a state trooper who had been trained as a sniper. As this young man rushed to the scene, this being the state trooper... His car struck a tractor-trailer parked on the highway while the driver was assisting another motorist. The trooper was killed in this accident. Mm. A terrible tragedy, without doubt. The young man left behind a wife and children who have our sympathy. But now the story becomes bizarre. The fugitive was charged and convicted of second-degree murder. Mm. Whom did he murder, exactly? Why, the state trooper who was on his way to assist in the manhunt. Of course, the felon had never seen or ever even heard of the trooper that he murdered. Yeah, that's wrong. The two men had never met. But Missouri law permits a felony murder charge to be brought when an officer is killed while coming to aid in a felony arrest. In this state, you can be convicted of the murder of someone you've never met. But only if your victim is a policeman coming to participate in your arrest. Could there be better proof of the privileged nature of the ruling caste, a privilege that, of course, they bestowed upon themselves? If a handler of bloodhounds were to be killed in an auto accident and route to assist in a manhunt, would the criminal being hunted be charged with his murder? What if the villain, uh, the villain's mother were summoned to the scene to try to talk to her son into surrendering? What if she were in a fatal accident while on her way? Would her own son be charged with her murder? I think you know the answers. The motto to protect and serve is often applied to the police. It is altogether appropriate. The question that isn't asked, at least often enough, is to protect and serve whom? Is it you or I? Maybe coincidentally, but beyond doubt, it is the ruling class. Make yourself sufficiently obnoxious to them, and if the officer sent to arrest you is killed in an auto accident along the way, you'll be accused of his murder. That's how important they are, and how insignificant you are. Don't complain about it. You don't want to upset them. Do you? 800-259-9231. So it doesn't matter. Whatever the felony is. The, the point is, this guy did shoot at the cops. Okay? That's, you know, that is in the story and everything. But this cop that died did not die at the hands of this man. How can you possibly charge him with murder? Yeah. That cop was uh, just doing his job. I, I don't see that, um, you know, this guy could be charged with murder. I'm sorry. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. Welcome to this crazy police state of ours, Mark. The, I mean, he, the, the guy was a sniper. He was going there to shoot the guy. Now, I'm yeah. not saying that that he didn't uh, draw down on him the force of law by shooting at police officers mm-hmm. uh, as he got away. And as far as I'm concerned, if uh, if he just shot at a person and an armed posse wanted to go after him, you know, they could use deadly force to subdue him. They shouldn't. They should try to get him without it. But this guy was a sniper, you know. So in other police news... We've given you taser story after taser story on this program. There's there's no shortage of these things. Uh, they just keep coming out, and they just seem to keep getting worse. 
the original concept, as I understand it, Mark, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, the original concept about use of tasers by the police is that they're only supposed to deploy a taser when there's some sort of situation that they could actually gain, uh, that they could be harmed in, right? If a suspect is is violent or in in some way threatening the police, then they can use the taser to subdue that person. Right. It it seems right to me that it should be somewhere um, on the, uh, you know, uh, progression of force list or whatever they call that. They have some term for it. Um, Right. It's not lethal, or in most cases, it's not lethal. It it can be lethal, and that's a problem. That's true. There have been hundreds of people that have died as a result of tasers, but in general, it's not. And so the idea was that, well, we could use tasers instead of guns and keep the suspects alive instead of shooting and killing them, right? So therefore, more suspects alive means, you know, put them in jail instead of killing them. And that's supposed to be a good thing, I guess. So but that it was, seems like they're using the, the using their guns in the instance that they use their guns in the same manner that they have always used their guns, which mm-hmm. is if somebody has a gun on them, they pull it out and they shoot them. Right. Um, and now they're using tasers to gain compliance. Right. That's really what they're doing. It, it seems to come after, um, in, in the videos that I've seen, it seems to come after, do this, citizen. And if the citizen questions or, you know, takes a little time or, you know, seems reticent to do it. Now, there's two uh, instances I want to talk about. One is the Austin cop that tasers a uh, black gentleman for not responding fast enough. Have you seen that video? Yeah, that's incredible. It was amazing. The, this cop pulls a guy over. Uh, his mother is sitting in the other seat. Clearly, this man is, is not a danger. You can hear all of the audio on the, the YouTube video. Mm-hmm. And it's literally seconds from when the cop approaches the vehicle, to, essentially yells at the man to produce his identification, Apparently, he's in there sort of fumbling around trying to find it. I don't know about you, Mark, but I get tend to get an adrenaline rush sometimes when the, the cops pull me over. Yeah, I, I think he told the police officer to wait a second. Yeah, hold or, on. Whoa, whoa, I'm getting whoa. it. Hold on. And uh, the cop, that just... It, that just made the cop even angrier. The cop pulls the door open uh, from the side of the car and yeah. orders the man to get out. Um, as he's getting out... And by the way, as the cop pulled the door open, he'd already had his taser out, was pointing his taser at this man. The man gets out of the car... Very clearly doesn't do anything violent whatsoever. He's ordered to the back of the car to be arrested, and he sort of turns towards the police officer as, as though to ask, what is, what is your problem? Why are you doing this to me? I mean, I was going five miles an hour over the speed limit, and that's when the cop just plugs him with the taser. There was no reason for it whatsoever. And there was no reason for the cops in Ohio, Sheffield Lake, Ohio, to taser a threat, a, a drunken, handcuffed woman. They'd already arrested this lady for whatever the issue was. I think it was like a domestic dispute. I don't know. She sure was annoying. She's a drunk. Yeah. You know, drunks yeah. are annoying. Yes, they are. But she's already in handcuffs. And many of these police, like the cop in Austin, he said that, oh, he thought he was coming after him. Like, you know, the cops right. always make See, this excuse. Now, th- yeah, that's that's what really bothers me about this. If, if you're going to use it for compliance, fine. Let's talk about using tasers for compliance. If you're doing it because you feel threatened in some way... Uh, it, you know they're, they don't feel that way. It's, it seems clear and obvious to me from the vi- obvious to me from the video that that's a bunch of hooey. It's clear that the cop was the threat in this particular case. Uh, you know the, the guy was belligerent. It, it was is the best way I could describe this police officer. Absolutely. So in this case, the cops couldn't possibly have used the excuse that uh, they felt like they were in danger. The woman was in handcuffs, surrounded by police. 
Anyway, here's a, a quick excerpt from the video. Audio quality is not the greatest, but it'll give you a good idea of just how horrific it was. This woman is sitting on the bench. There are two cops standing there. There's another cop that you can't see in another room watching the entire thing go on. And uh, she's, you know, she's complaining because, you know, they're cops and she's drunk. And that's just what happens with drunks. So the cop picks her up. He gets her off the bench. She turns towards him, and he's going to do something with her. I'm not sure what it is, but he wants her to go somewhere or do something. There's a female cop there, and she feels, a, she feels wrong that he's touching her right. when there's a female cop there that could be touching her. Don't get your hands off me! You are a man! Get your hands off of me! And she fell like a bag of potatoes. I mean, she just went straight down, bashed her head against a chair. The chair went flying. Shocking. Uh, It makes me wonder, you know, how many people, when they get tased, suffer additional damage? Uh, Cut cut open heads, uh, bumped bruises, broken things by the things that they uh, hit when they're on their way down. More of the way, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll free at 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, though if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we invite you to shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. It's that simple. You've got to do holiday shopping. Do it there. No need to brave the crowds and the stores and the traffic. Just go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. 41 categories to shop in. New items, used items. We get a cut if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a corporation or a limited liability company, a will or a living trust. Use code uh, FTL at LegalZoom.com to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Just a few more comments on the Taser situation. It's just getting more, it just seems to be getting more and more out of control as more videos continue to surface about what, it just almost appears to be a regular occurrence now that the cops, when they aren't getting compliance from an individual, a citizen, on a, a quick enough basis, if you're not moving fast enough for the cop, he'll just whip out a Taser and jab you with it or uh, shoot you with it and in the case of uh, sheffield lake ohio a woman was arrested and her charges were like handling a weapon while drunk or something like that it was uh apparently she had a bit of a spat domestic violence uh it was a domestic violence issue that brought this woman into the jail in the first place she was already in handcuffs when the police started they started touching her she got a little upset about them touching her as she was standing up and that was when one of the officers shouted an order for the woman to be tased, and she was. She took quite a fall when she tased, just fell straight over backwards, uh, clocking her head on what happened to be a chair in that particular case. But again, she was in an office, and if she had fallen maybe, oh, I'm just looking here at the at the, the picture, if she had fallen maybe two feet to the left of the, the place where she actually fell, her head very might well have uh, contacted the corner of a desk. Yeah. What happens in that particular case? People die from tasers. It just it happens. Well, I'm not suggesting she would have died from that. The people that she are could've. dying from tasers have like heart conditions and yeah. that sort of thing. But she could have. But yeah, that would have been something that if the taser wouldn't have killed her, but the fall might have killed her. Mm-hmm. It certainly could have done serious damage to her. Certainly could have put a, a a big, you know, taken a chunk out of her head. 
and cause serious bleeding and, and who knows what other problems. So I'd like to know, usually we hear about the actual tasering, but I wonder how many people who have been tasered have actually taken additional damage from their fall. I mean, you'd think if the police actually gave a damn about you, they would try to catch you. Because, just so you know, if you're being tased, anyone that touches you, is no, they too, right? do not get tased. No, they don't? No. You hmm. do not get tased Why not? if you're touching someone who is being tased. I don't know. Science or something. Hmm. But you don't. And so it would be completely acceptable for a cop to reach out and grab somebody as they're falling to prevent further damage from being done. But that would require them to give a damn about you. And they don't. And so in this particular case, just to give you a little detail on what happened, the woman was stunned with the taser, and at that point, uh, shortly thereafter, the, the cop that had tased her actually ended up resigning from his, his career in Rare. law enforcement. Uh, the officer, Edward Long, resigned. Charges were dropped against the woman. Again, she was facing, you know, handling a weapon while drunk. Again, uh, d- domestic violence charges, that sort of thing. They dropped her charges in exchange for a little deal. See, the woman promised to not sue the village of Sheffield Lake, Ohio, if they dropped the charges. And this is another – this is uh, probably something people aren't thinking of. They're thinking, oh, well, at least she doesn't have any charges against her. But, you know, if if she's a danger – if she was charged and she is, in fact, a danger to society as a whole or her significant other or whomever, Mm -hmm. aren't we all – in that much more danger because the village had to get out of a, the opportunity to get a right. lawsuit? You let this crazy drunk back out into the, into the world who, who was convicted of, uh, again, handling a weapon when she was so intoxicated if, she couldn't get the shells into the shotgun. If she's, God, if she's dangerous, she needs to be charged for this, and who cares what it's going to cost the village? Well, the village obviously cares. Yeah, they absolutely. Knew, they knew they were You know were what it's going to cost the here. village if, uh, if her husband ends up dead? Uh, not a Nothing. damn thing. They just a little clean up, send some cops there, clean up the mess, write up some paperwork, that sort of thing. Of course, at this point, if uh, my wife was loading shotgun shells uh, for me, inten- <laughs> intended for me, I don't care whether she's drunk or wh- what her purpose is, like, we're not going to ever sleep in the same house again. Yeah, I can imagine that'd be the case. So, just, again, story after story, it just keeps getting worse. And what can you do about this? I had emailed this to, uh, to an online friend uh, the other, or today, and he said, you know, what can we do? It's a great question. I think that we're doing everything we can by going on the radio and talking about it and joining, you know, videoing things and putting those videos on YouTube so more people can become aware of these problems. I think the Free State Project is an important part. I think, obviously, the Ron Paul campaign, that's moving in the right direction. But getting people who love freedom together in the same place to get active and, and hopefully try to change these things, I think that's the only possible solution. You certainly can't shoot back. Because then they turn all the cops against right. you. And if you happen to have a taser and you used it on the cop first, oh my God, <laughs> the gates of hell would have just yeah. opened upon you. What would happen then? That'd be kind of an interesting turnaround, wouldn't it? If a if just a regular old citizen whipped out a taser before a cop could whip his out and tase the cop, what kind of charges would they get for that? You know, uh, Mr. attempted murder. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. The officer wouldn't comply with reasonable orders. Yeah. He was outside of his constitutional duty. Whatever. Yeah. I, I Absolutely. Had... You would go up the river for years. Would it be attempted murder because because some people have died from being tased? Couldn't that be considered attempted murder? I, I would suspect I'd love to see what they did. If you had one on you, they'd probably try to charge you with attempted murder. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Kurt in Michigan on the amp line. Hello, Kurt. You're on Free Talk Live. Gentlemen, how are you tonight? Hey, what's on your mind? 
Oh, no, what you guys are doing what you can, and we truly appreciate it out here in the listening public. And I'd just like to tell all those out there who appreciate it as well, who are not amplifiers yet, to please sign up for the amplifier program. Very good. Thank you. Um, I'd also like to talk about, you You have mentioned over the past couple of nights, and again, I'm a few nights behind because I'm a podcast listener, um, a a marketization plan for fire and police yes. whereby each of the employees in those departments would get a share of the the department itself and six months worth of funding, and then you got to find your own funding. That's sort of my idea. Yeah, that's. I mean, I certainly am subject. To, uh, I'm w- certainly open to uh, to new ideas or modifications. That's just something I came up with. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I really have an idea to to replace that, other than trying to auction them straight off to security companies. But if you give a share to each one of those cops, the cops who have gotten their living off living off of extorting your money and then bullying you with that money and then we're going to reward them by giving them a hundred and fifty thousand or two hundred fifty thousand dollar piece of the company they work for I don't think that that really would be acceptable to me. Yeah, but you have to understand, this is a, this is more about public relations than anything else. Um, you and I both know, Kurt, that there are really bad cops out there and that uh, they've certainly used force on people unnecessarily, and we can certainly go through the long list of, of violations that cops have done. But the fact is, a lot of people in the public view the police on, in a positive light. Uh, they like the police. They think that, and there are some areas where the police are better than others. Smaller, you know, smaller towns tend to be they tend to be a little bit more in line and a little bit more reasonable. So unless there's been just some absolute scandals in your local police department to where everybody hates the cops, you have to approach this very carefully. And the purpose of giving them that share is to totally is to not be seen as trying to screw the cops over because you know they're not going to be getting anything else. They're not going to be getting their pensions, for instance, uh, that but they were. To get. I would imagine I would imagine a good number of them would take those shares and turn right around and sell them right to a security company Let and then them. retire on, again on our money. You know what? They were going to do that anyway, Kurt. And if you take the position that screw these cops, let's just shut down their department, send it, a, sell it well, off to the highest bidder, and who cares what happens to them? Well, but then, then they can they can apply for a job again with with and become a productive member of society as opposed to a leech. You know, and and I just don't think drunk dumping. A, a, a big cash payment on them for being a leech is is punishment enough, you know, for being a leech. It's a reward. Well, again, not all of them are bad guys, and I understand that they're all getting paid through coercion and that their paychecks are coming from taxes, which was stolen from people, and that's what needs to end, is the coercion. It just needs to end. I mean, the fact is, if you're selling that off to the highest bidder, then what do you do with the money that comes in? If you sell off a cop uh, cop station well, to the highest bidder, what do you do with the cash? What I would do is I would use it to 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 be able to pay off the if we were to do this with all the public services, especially schools, because that represents a huge investment of my money. Mm-hmm. Even though I went 12 years of Catholic school and never had any kids, so um, I mean, what I would do is I would then at that point abolish the Social Security as we know it, but take those monies and pay off. Those entitlements that we've already we that we've already you know have. You mean like pay off people that are expecting pensions and that sort of thing? Because well, the, the, the pensions that we've already promised and the Social Security we've already promised. If we sell off the hardware. Well, we're talking on a local level. We're talking about local police departments. I mean, federal police are a whole other issue. Kurt, we can bring you back for more of this if you want. Hang on, hour two's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The feature's for free, so enjoy those at freetalklive.com. We start things up by going right back into the phone calls. Kurt is on the line in Michigan, and Kurt... You uh, you and I were discussing a few moments ago this idea that I have had about how to get the government out of the world of policing and fire protection. And it's also an idea that just generally is how to transition a government bureaucracy into a marketplace business. Not just necessarily that it's exclusively for the police. I think it would work just as well with with teachers. And you sounded a little bit uh, perturbed that it was kind of well, somewhat friendly towards uh, the cops. and Generous. Generous for sure. Generous. And my, basically, just to recap the idea, um, it would be that you would essentially tell the police department, okay, guys, you've got six more months here of government funding, and then after that, we're going to give each of you a share. Doesn't matter if you're the janitor to the administrator to just a detective or whatever your position is, you get one share in the department. And that means that they, you know, they have a share of everything. It's a share of the whole shebang. The, right. the cars, they own the business, the building, the jail, whatever. And uh, so that would give them some level of, of value, something they could possibly sell to a, a private company that might be interested in taking the business over, or auction off to the highest bidder, or you know, give to one of their friends. Whatever, it'd be a share, and they could do what they wanted with it. And you were kind of uh, perturbed by that, in that uh, you think that the police, uh, they have been funded by coercion all of this time. Why should we continue? Uh, why in this proposal would I want to give them something else after all of the bad things they've done? Is that well, essentially well, you know, what your position is? With teachers, with teachers, at least teachers are not paid to beat people up and to tase them in the back of the neck when they're pregnant. But so, but that's not what they're all doing, though. I mean, they're, many they're of them not, are not. desk clerks. Many of them are uh, detectives uh, investigating actual crimes. So they're not all bad guys. Right. And a lot There's, of them got in to, well, to make a difference. There are bad teachers and bad cops, um, that's for sure. Now, I'll admit to you that uh, bad cops are far more dangerous than bad teachers. Yes, indeed. So why, why don't we, instead of, instead of giving it to them, why don't we, why don't we ascertain its value cut it up into equal shares and allow them the ability to buy a share. You get first shot at this. If you guys don't if if you guys don't want it and you can only buy one share and that which is left then we'll auction off. Well, it's an idea, but uh, once again you're going to come up against the objection that a cop doesn't get paid a lot in the first place and so therefore He can take a mortgage out. He can do it just they can do it just like a house. He can take a loan I out. I just don't think that uh you know, again, what we're talking about here Kurt is an idea that has to work in the real world and in the real world a lot of bureaucrats are greedy, unions are greedy. What you do is you confuse them with the promise of something uh valuable um in the in, in the now and perhaps maybe they'll take it but the real world is not something for nothing which is what they're, they're not only getting something for nothing they've gotten all this it's year the last no, something. they made it doesn't matter whether they get something for nothing imagine what you will get when they get 
when, when the car, um, when the when the police or in my in the one I would what I would like to think of is uh, the schools. If the schools were marketized, imagine what you would get. Well, you would get to keep your money. Yeah, a lot of it from that point on. I mean, the government's already paid for all of those buildings, and no, I, no, the government I paid for those buildings. Thank you. you. Paid for yes. those buildings. Taxpayers have already paid for all of those buildings, and we're not getting them back. They have been stolen fair and square right. as far as the, and the, the bureaucrats are and concerned. And the fact is, if you turn these things over to the highest bidder, if you go through that sort of process, then you're just going to be subject to all kinds of political wrangling as far as, well, you know, aren't you favoring this company over that company? Or who knows what accusations could be leveled at that particular point. I understand that this is, you know, it, it hurts people that people like you and I, Kurt, to do something like this, but I think it's the one last, you know, final gesture that we would have to give. You just but simply... You could- you could easily make it a public auction, even on eBay, where everybody can look in and see who's bidding what, and you don't have to worry about favors like that at that point. You know? And again, if you allow, if the cops are smart, they will buy a share so that they can turn it into a share worth more money. But if you just give it to them, anything that's given to you is not going to be as as precious to you. I, I would agree with you, Kurt. Absolutely. Um, how about this? If uh, Ian's proposal was somehow accepted in, in some uh, a fantasy world, would you take it? Yeah, if it were the only one on the table, yeah, I would. Yeah. Only because, of, like you said, the end result would be much better than what we have now. But still, I mean, it represents such a huge investment of our productivity that, like you said, has been has been stolen. I won't use the term fair and square. But, but it's gone. It has <laughs> right. been stolen. And, and I think that that we should be able to recoup at least some of that. You can't. The, yeah, recouping, it's it, recouping it's not an option, because that would require more bureaucracy to take that money back in and then div, you know divvy up amongst all the taxpayers, figure out but who... But that would be the last bureaucracy they'd be able to steal from. But again, then you're creating... They would, exp- they would extend it for the next century. Right, you're creating a new bureaucracy to redistribute that wealth back to America. Look, that money's... The, or the, the people, that money's already gone, it's already been spent, and it's going to be difficult to process enough to get bureaucrats and to get this... Uh, this this idea to be politically tenable because those unions, as you said, Mark, they're going to be very, very upset that they're going to be out their uh, their precious pensions. Uh, and by the way, my plan also um, says that the people that are currently on pension would also get a share of the department well, because you're screwing those people out of their pension. No, no, those pensions, um, th- those those pension funds should be in existence already. They, their money should, should be, be put liquid. Away. Wait, they should be out there. Um, what, Mark? Do you, pen- you think that pension money just sitting out there? It should be. I'm pretty it's sure they're collecting money anyway. every year from taxpayers to pay those pensions. So those people are going to be SOL, as I understand it. Well, I can tell you that no company around does uh, their pensions. Of course area. not. It's the government. So, again, you're, at, you're telling these bureaucrats, hey, you're screwed out of your pension, all of the promises the government made to you, you're done, you're not getting your health care coverage, you're not getting anything. This is what happens when you join a gang, the gang promises you things, and then once the gang is dissolved, you don't get anything. So you're trying to sweeten that deal, which is, you're, you know, they're, they're going to feel like they're getting screwed. You and I know that we're going to, you know, finally be whole again, but those are people with families, and they're going to feel like they're getting screwed. So this is some way to sort of assuage them and say, look, here you go. It's a little lube job, if you will. Here, here we're going to give you a share of this, and now you're going to be a business owner and do with that what you may. I think that's, as ba- that's about as politically acceptable as that deal can possibly be. Well, I, I think that this is something that I'll, I'll keep mulling over, and if I come up with anything more, I'll give you guys a call back, and 
I got a NAMM check coming in at the end of the month, so be on the lookout for that. Thanks, Thank you. Kurt. Appreciate it. You know, we all know that the position of the government is inhumane. Okay? We in the liberty movement understand this. We know that taxation is theft, and if you don't pay taxes, then they come and they take your house, and they put you in jail, and they do awful things to you. So we know that the government is bad, and we know that it's evil, and, and, and I understand the emotion that just says, you know what, screw those government people. Screw them left and right and screw them up and down. They've screwed us all this time. Let's screw them back now. That's essentially what Kurt's position is. Right. But that's a, that's a feud mentality, yeah. and it's never going to solve anything. Right. This, this idea, it doesn't cost anything extra, right, to, to just give those people those shares. It doesn't cost taxpayers a dime extra. And it seems a little bit nicer to me. That's all. It just seems like it, it gives you the appearance of, of actually caring about these bureaucrats. Because while to us they might be heartless, cold bu- government bureaucrats, but to many other people, they're friends, they're family members, dads. they're lovers, they're uh, you know, husband and wife, they're dads. You know, again, these are people. They're misguided. They, they've, they've chosen a career that is funded through coercion, and, and that's terrible. So let's try to make it as easy as possible to transition them from their current current position of bureaucrat to their new position of business-owning entrepreneur. Seems like a good idea to me. It does to me, too. I, I don't know if uh, if it's ever going to work with police officers. I don't know if I... I, I don't know what I think about that whole uh, police going into private market thing. But well, let's I try it with the schools first. I see how that like works. it with the schools. Because I can tell you, you're going to get the same opposition. Yep. The teachers' union is oh. probably more powerful than the police union. And uh, I would agree with you. The teachers' union is extraordinarily po- powerful. I think another thing that one can do with uh, with schools, if people, the next objection that people are going to bring up is the poor people, and. I'm of the opinion that if uh, you can you can set up a scholarship fund for poor people to get a scholarship to go to school, so that way, ten percent of the that population. fund, as long as it's not a government fund. Well, a government fund would still be a better step than uh, currently what we have. Yeah, well, that's only going to bring you problems when, you know, the the 11th percentile is going to complain, well, how come we get excluded because we're poor too, and it's just going to be another political football. More on the way, you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features completely free, including the archive. So if you've missed a moment of the show, go and get them right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience on us, that's freetalklive.com. And your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? It bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com. For the sleep you've been dreaming of, SavvyRest.com. We go back to the phone calls to Dave in Athens, listening on WAIS in Ohio. Hey, Dave. Hey guys, I have a question. How did that hostage situation end up? Oh, in here in New Hampshire? Yeah. Uh, they got the guy out and no one got killed, so I guess okay. I haven't heard about anything on in the newspaper or anything like that. Yeah, you're referring to the guy that, was it over the weekend, Mark? That yeah, he that took the uh, Clinton um, campaign headquarters in the right. seacoast. Yeah, it was in Rochester. Uh, he went in there and held the place up. Well, I think he had strapped some flares to his chest to sort of look like a bomb. Said he told them he had a bomb strapped to his chest, and 
It went for several hours, I believe. Uh, no one was killed. They arrested the dude. Apparently, he's a local crazy or something like that. Yeah. So. Okay, thank you, guys. There you go, Dave. Thanks for the right. call. 800-259-9231 to the amp line to Will in Hawaii. You're on Free Talk Live. Will? Hey, um, I've been listening the last couple weeks about um, you guys talking on and off about this supposed rift in the Free State Project between the political and apolitical activists in New Hampshire. Potential yes. rift or something like that. Right. And no, it's a real rift in some people's minds, I well, think. Well, I'd like to, to bring something up, which I think hopefully will show people that really it's just an imagined rift. It's not a real rift. And here's why. Um, many people, you guys included, um, have been making a mistake in terminology um, in, ter- in reference to the Free State Project. Okay. Um, usually what people refer to as Free State Project members, which really no such thing exists, um, there's only Free State Project participants. Because the Free State Project is an organization whose purpose is to bring uh, 20,000 activists to New Hampshire to try to reduce the size of government there. That right. is correct. Right. So... You participate in the Free State Project. I mean, you fulfill that commitment by moving to New Hampshire. Um, but once you're there, you're really – I mean, it might be convenient to talk about, you know, like to refer to it, but really you've already finished your Free State Project commitment. You're really not a Free State Project member. Well, um, I think we're talking – I mean, this is essentially a semantic game I don't know now. If I, I don't know if I think, um, I think, I think that you're right because membership requires certain you, – you, you've met certain criteria. You, you get certain benefits. And I think that he might be right that, that there's just signers. Well, okay, the term member, I think, was used in the beginning, and then they changed it to participant. Mm-hmm. So that term participant... Yeah, they changed it, it was changed really early on. Yeah, I, that's, I, I just think that was the case. I'm not positive, though. So I think they just sort of changed the word, and now they're calling it a Free State Project participant instead of a member. Uh, but again, I think that people would... I think that your position is questionable in that... I'm for, uh, I moved here as part of the Free State Project, and I don't consider myself out of it necessarily. I'm, I mean, well, I'm still on their message board, posting messages, that sort of thing. I, I well, was sure. a Free State Project participant, and so I could still be sort of categorized amongst Free State Project participants, even though I'm, a, I'm just me and I'm an individual, and the, the movement is about individuals moving to New Hampshire in order to, to make a difference. I don't think that there's anything that specifically says that your participation is... Uh, completely abolished once you've moved to New Hampshire. Well, sure, but I, I think it kind of, um, I, I mean, it's been brought up that, you know, if if there's anything that's going to make the Free State Project fail, it's this rift, you know, that might may or may not happen. Well, that's what but Mark I, I says, think, and I don't think it's possible to fail. I, I don't think that yeah, even if this rift see, get, grows, I don't think it's possible to fail. But, but see, I, I think um, re- everybody referring to... Free State Project people as, as members would, if anything, only um, add to that rift because the, I, the goal of the Free State Project to move people there is really completely separate from the idea of people in New Hampshire working to reduce the size of government. So there may or may not be a rift between certain groups of people in New Hampshire mm-hmm. about the proper way to reduce the size of government, but that shouldn't affect at all the success of the project of moving people to there. Because really, right now, you guys moved as part of the Free State Project. You're really the same as, like, Toby and Nick, you know, your co-hosts. I mean, they, they have lived in New Hampshire this whole time. And I think friendly. that's going to be a tough position to try to explain to the news media. 
I mean, when the news Maybe, media but, approaches you and says, "Aren't you a Free State Project member?" I mean, they're going to see you're going to that's going to be seen as like dodging the question. Well, I was a Free State Project participant until well, I, I moved mean, I, here I to New Hampshire. Best, I, best, I think the best way to answer that is, well, yes, I did move as part of the Free State Project. And um, um, I, I but, but, and maybe but the, just say the, something the, like the news, a signer. The news media aside, I think in the liberty community, it's it's best to try to to separate that. And I mean, people thinking that the Free State Project's not going to succeed or, or might not succeed. I, I know I, I agree with you. I don't think it's really can fail because of that. But I don't know. I, I think it's just an imagined rift because really. Um, there's really two different groups, and they don't necessarily have to associate with each other. I mean, I, I don't think the fact that they might not get along has anything to do with whether the Free State Project movement to, to move people to New Hampshire will succeed or fail. Well, the fact is they do get along. Uh, most of them get along just fine, and most of them respect each other's positions. It's just that there are certain people on the outside edges of both sides, both the apolitical and political, that are taking some pretty yucky positions that deserved I, th- I thought deserved to be talked about um, so I, I agree with you that th- this isn't really a real rift and uh, it's not going to affect anything about the Free State Project the apolitical activists are going to go and do their civil disobedience and their apolitical outside the system stuff, the political guys are going to go and do politics and both of them are going to have successes and failures and the successes on both sides are going to draw more activists of similar mindsets, uh, to a similar mindset to the, to the state, so I think it's going to just be fine. I'm not. I don't think I was ever concerned. I think Mark's the one that's over there worried about things, and that's just how he is. He's like a worry word. He's like a you know a mother basically. He's like the Free State Project's mom. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Will anything else on your mind? Um, no, that's it. I mean, I I just think it's 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 more productive to think of. Um People, they are just as liberty activists now. And I, I agree, Will, and I'm going to change my, uh, try to change my, uh, you know, the way I refer to people that have signed uh, the Free State Project. Very good. Refer to them as Great. signers instead of members. Thanks for the call, Will. Appreciate okay, it. Thanks. Let's talk to Johnson in Connecticut. Johnson, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Mark. Hey, hey, I just wanted to get in real quick and mention uh, the auction again real quick for those three shirts um, because it is ticking down. We're in the last. Sort of uh, 30 minutes, I believe, is what? left on, on that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, you're right. So if you want to get the uh, Free Talk Live collectible retro lounge shirt, go to auction.freetalklive.com, hit the second there. page, and they're right there. You'll actually save five bucks on shipping, won't you? Yep, absolutely. And um, the uh, as far as it goes right now, we've got uh, – last I checked, this could be – this could have changed, but uh, – Last I checked, one of them was definitely selling. Uh, there are still two that you, got, you can get in at the ground floor on. Yeah, uh, the, there's an extra large and a medium just sitting there with no bids. So yep. place your bid in the next 30 minutes. I also have a very small story. Uh, the books that I was going to be selling, I can't. They're worth too much. Interesting. I found out they're worth actually multiple hundreds of dollars. So you yanked them? I haven't put them up yet. Okay, the shirts are still there. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. We'll give you the link in a second. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. 
That's the single CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go for all kinds of free stuff, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photos to prove they listen to the show. Head over to bbs.freetalk, or excuse me, to shrine.freetalklive.com to take a look at the Shrine of Female listeners. And perhaps you might own a company that's struggling to collect money owed from past due accounts. Delinquent accounts are problematic, not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but businesses find themselves sidetracked by the arduous task of trying to collect on these accounts. Consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations. SACL CAI liberates businesses from inefficiencies in the vexing task of collections. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. At Sakel CAI. I'm not sure if we still have Johnson on the line. If we do, uh, let's go ahead and bring him back. Is he still there, Johnson? Maybe he's gone. All right. Well, what Johnson, our store manager, was calling about a few moments ago is something he mentioned, uh, I guess, was it Saturday or Friday? Anyway, he mentioned it. Like it. Must have been a short auction because uh, he, I guess he only put it up there for a few days. The Free Talk Live bowling shirts. These things are limited edition in that there will be no more made like these. Uh, They have embroidery instead of screen printing, which is a little nicer. It's a little more expensive, that sort of thing. Uh, You know, embroidery being a patch look, sort of sewn patch kind of look. Right. So if you want to get your hands on one of these Free Talk Live bowling shirts, then you really need to go to auction.freetalklive.com. You'll see a whole bunch of other stuff there. If you click to the second page and scroll down, you will see the Free Talk Live bowling shirts. Two of them don't even have any bids on them right now. So if you want to snatch them up at a $5 discount on shipping... Going like hotcakes. Now, and they're not going like hotcakes. <laughs> so we're trying to just They're very up. nice. I have yeah, one. I love it. Um, it's it's not winter clothing, but no. there's plenty of places in the United States where you could wear this and be just fine during the winter. Yeah, and down the line, uh, you can say that you were one of the few to actually get their hands on uh, this exclusive item. At some so, point, we are going to uh, be the biggest radio show in the nation. Yep. Uh, he says he is on hold, but apparently our board op has fallen asleep. I don't know. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. You can bring up whatever you want. We go to Kuala Lumpur, in fact, to give you the next nice story. this time of year. Reuters. Malaysian police have arrested a man who practiced as a dentist for 29 years, although he had no medical training and treated patients at his home in a cast-off examining chair. The imposter's uh, closest brush with the dental profession was during the years 1962 to 1978 when he assisted an army dentist by carrying his bag on visits to plantation workers' homes, according to their uh, newspaper over there. says, I watched the doctor diagnose and treat problems with teeth, the unidentified man said as officials raided his home this week. says, I also saw how he would extract teeth and make models and measurements for dentures. 63-year-old man who convicted his who convinced rather his neighbors that he was a retired army dentist after being told he was too old to work as a dentist assistant charged five dollars and seventy six cents that's U.S. dollars mm. uh, for extractions and 130 ringgit so 20 ringgit is five dollars and seventy six cents so that's I don't know uh, seven bucks twenty five bucks oh. uh, Anyway, he charged 130 ringgit for dentures, dentures, the paper said. Health officials seized antibiotics, painkillers, syringes, and bottles of Chinese medicine during the raid, but they needed more than six men to carry off his 1940s-era examining chair, tossed away by the Malaysian army in 1978. The paper said the raid occurred after a tip-off. The man had been arrested for illegally practicing dentistry and will face charges under Malaysia's Private Health Care Facilities and Services Act. He could face a fine of up to 30,000 ringgit or a six-year jail term or both. 
He did provide one unique service, however, he says. I also made house visits. So this man had been operating as an illegal black market dentist for 29 years. With Helping people with their uh, teeth, you know. This was in Kuala Lumpur, right? This was Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's likely why they managed to get away, away with it for so long. Well, I don't know. I, I wonder how long he would have gotten away with it here in America. I mean, if his customers were satisfied. Obviously, they were satisfied for 29 years, and then someone decided to uh, to snitch him out. He wouldn't be doing extractions for five bucks, I can tell you that. Uh, in America? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Who knows what five dollars uh, well, is like over there? But... The the dentists that take uh, just cash are significantly uh, cheaper than the ones that, uh, that that take insurance. Is and, that true? Yeah. Well, they, they don't have to have the office staff. I didn't know there were cash only dentists. I had one. Interesting. So I just wanted to bring that up as a as a neat example of someone who was actually able to to carry on doing business for decades in a profession that the government demands you be licensed. You must jump through these hoops. You must have this government permit uh, to be able to to fix people's teeth. Well, apparently he was doing an okay job. Maybe he's not the best dentist out there, but. Who knows what they have to choose from in Kuala Lumpur, and now there's one less dentist. Now there's one less option. And it was because he didn't have a license? Yeah, not because his customers were dissatisfied, because he didn't jump through the hoops. So shouldn't people be allowed to make those decisions? I mean, if you're going to a dentist, and he's operating out of his apartment, and you know, you're know you in his house, you probably can tell that there's something a little shifty going on. You probably are aware that you're using a shade tree dentist. I, w- I would think you would know that. Right. Yeah. So shouldn't people be free to make these choices? Maybe it is the wrong choice to use a shade tree dentist, but shouldn't people be free to make the wrong choice? I would think so. I think so, too. And I think that what this is all about, licensing that is, is protecting the existing businessmen. Because the the real dentists get upset by people out there trying to act like they're dentists and actually get paid for they doing some of the same They could hurt somebody. Jobs. You know, that's well, what they, they could. say. They could. So could the dentist. Yeah, that's true. Why can't I, as a customer, choose my level of risk? That's all I'm saying. If you can answer that question, 800-259-9231. Uh, we go back. Johnson is on the line. I don't know if you had anything else to share with us, Johnson. You're back on Free Talk Live. Yeah, just something real brief about uh, eBay and I just... I'm amazed. You know, this is, again, like I said, it was my first time on eBay, and I went to look at, uh, I was given a bunch of stuff from my grandparents, just some old stuff from sitting around, just basically sitting around the house collecting dust. Mm -hmm. And the things that I went to go sell uh, amongst them were a bunch of old books, classic literature. And in amongst the books, actually uh, several of them, um, I found... A story called, or a book called The Gift, which was apparently a gift. Uh, there's some sort of uh, text about it being a gift to the South or something like that. And this book apparently contains a story called Eleanor, which is, I guess, one of the first stories that Edgar Allan Poe wrote. Hmm. And so I found out that this book, because it has all the original plates with certain protective papers for these, like, wood grain plates and printed in the book, is worth anywhere from 400 to $700. Wow. And, and now, I found... Did you find that out by searching for it on eBay? How did you find that out? Yeah, I, basically I went to go and I'm like, okay, how am I going to price these books? Well, I'm like, well, let me see if there are any similar books looking and then see some descriptions. And I started finding out more information about what makes the book valuable, like plates and whatnot, because all these books are incredibly old. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of the books that I have. Mm-hmm. 
and because they were passed down, a lot of them have signatures like that were signed over to not only my grandmother but my great grandmother. So uh, I just, you know, I found that really interesting, and, and I'm finding all these different books that are now in this pile that I thought were going to be worth like maybe five, ten bucks are starting to be like worth more like three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars because they're so very old. So I just, I thought that was really interesting. So you're, you know? are you going to put them on eBay or are you going to do something um, else with them? I don't know. I mean, a lot of them, I think several of them I am going to put on eBay. Um, I had some old World War II stuff that, that was passed down from my grandparents that I definitely put up there. Um, I don't know. Some of the books I was thinking about, maybe I would save it, give one or two of them as gifts or something like that, but it's it's a debate. I'm uh, I'm, I'm mulling it over. I don't really know. I say it cash in. me pause. <laughs> Yeah, I say cash in. I mean, eBay is one of the great features about eBay is that you can search. If you wonder what something's worth, you got something old, you're not sure about it, put it up on – go and search for it on eBay and then search the completed listings. There's a little checkbox well, that you can check, and then it'll show you all of the last uh, number of those items in the last 30 days that have completed and give you a good idea for what the market value is. With books like this, though, they certainly aren't going to decrease in value of That's true. they're taken excellent care of. Yeah, good so point. I don't true. know. Yeah, might, you might want to hold them till a rainy day. Who knows? Yeah, Very good, though, know. Johnson. Thanks for the story, and uh, appreciate hearing from you. Good luck with your auctions, many of which are wrapping up here in moments, including the three Free Talk Live exclusive limited edition bowling shirts. Go and place your bids on them at auction.freetalklive.com. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever is on your mind if you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you should shop at the store. Just go to store.freetalklive.com. You'll see all kinds of great Free Talk Live merchandise, like Free Talk Live t-shirts and hats and hoodies. And by the way, there's a variety of different types. So, you know, in the category of t-shirts, there's just the regular old shirt, there's the ladies' tee, and then there's the Free Talk Live bowling shirt, which is what we were talking about with Johnson a few moments ago. The one that's being sold in the Free Talk Live store is a screen-printed version. The uh, Free Talk Live bowling tee, the bowling t-shirt, lounge shirt, whatever you want to call it, that uh, we offered before the screen printed one is a embroidered version. And you can get those right now at auction.freetalklive.com. If you scroll through the list of the stuff that's being auctioned there, you'll find them. And there's scant minutes left on that auction. So if uh, they don't sell that way, we'll just, I guess, put them back in the store and whoever orders the bowling shirt next you know, just a regular bowling shirt expecting to get the screen printed version will probably just offer them the, the nicer one. So if you want to get that if now, the right size. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get that now, then you might want to pick up on it. Auction.freetalklive.com. And do you have more debt than you can pay? You don't have to file bankruptcy and you can pay pennies on the dollar and your credit doesn't have to take a hit. It's a 100% legal and 100% ethical program that will show you how to get out of debt in 90 minutes. Go to outin90.com. That's outin90.com. As we go to the phones to Peter in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live, Peter. Hey, Ian, Mark, it's nice to finally get a chance to speak with both of you. I've been listening to Free Talk Live on and off for about two years now. Excellent. What's on your mind tonight? Um, well, uh, so I wanted to get your impressions about the debate within libertarian circles between the culturally liberal libertarians, people like uh, the writers at Reason Magazine and uh, maybe the people at the Cato Institute, and the culturally conservative libertarians like the people who blog at Lou Rockwell. Uh, dot com. So, 
Uh, I'm curious what you think of the debate between the two, especially as it relates to Ron Paul. And what, what's the debate? You You'll have to clue us in, because yeah. I'm not very well aware People of it. People at Lou Rockwell are culturally conservative? I, I'm not sure I even know what you mean. Like paleoconservatives, Mark. Mm-hmm. Okay, just yeah. to, they're just conservatives if they're uh, <laughs> culturally... Conservative on social-cultural issues. Mm-hmm. Can like you give me an example, like a more explicit example? Because the people, I, I, for one, don't really know what this debate is, and that, and therefore people listening certainly don't know. So what are you referring to? Okay, sure. So there's the libertarians who are opposed to abortion and the libertarians who are in favor of you know, setting up a, a border fence or limiting immigration. No libertarian to... could possibly be in favor of that. Well... I, I, I don't know well, that I necessarily. Fence, that is, I don't know fence. that I necessarily agree that a libertarian would have to be against the border fence. Uh, especially, but I think yes, that you they can, would because libertarians are against the use of uh, initiated force to achieve political or social goals. That's absolutely goals. not true. It's just not true. I'm sorry, Ian. Look, I know. Look, that, Mark. Just because some people call themselves libertarians and then go out advocating initiating force doesn't mean they're actually libertarians. Just because some people call themselves libertarians when in fact they are anarcho-capitalists does not make them libertarians. Doesn't mean they can exclude the rest of the people out there. Sorry. Look, you can be libertarian on some issues, but there are some issues where if you don't take a libertarian stance, you can't be labeled a libertarian on. And by advocating a, a great wall on the southern border, you're anything but libertarian. I would agree that it's a bad uh, it's bad policy, absolutely. But I'm not willing to kick those people out of the libertarian tent as um, as a result. I think you can talk to those people and explain to them why it doesn't work. So who is taking this position of uh, building a wall down on the southern border? Because I don't think the guys at Lou Rockwell are taking that position. No, the guys that uh, – actually, now that I think about it, the building the border example was a bad example. I should have brought up homosexuality or something like that as a, as a better example. But people like uh, you know Ron Paul um, is not in favor of building a border fence, but he certainly does talk about limiting immigration. Mm, he does. Yeah, he does. He wants to get elected. I don't know if I believe him. Yeah. Uh, but but more broadly, I mean, cultural issues like uh, like religious issues, maybe maybe the topic of homosexuality and drugs. So certainly there are those libertarians who don't think that the government should be involved in this in any way, but they take a kind of anti-drug position culturally. Oh sure, okay, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen yeah. some of that where, uh, for instance, there's there's been this spat amongst libertarians for a long time over how important the issue of the war on drugs should be to libertarians. Uh, some say, you know, this is a critical issue. The war on drugs has eviscerated uh, the Bill of Rights, specifically the Fourth Amendment, and you know, this is a a major issue that cuts across so many different spectrums that people that that don't take drugs are still affected by this because their families are in danger and that sort of thing. Uh, and then there's the others who say, well, we don't want to be made look like a bunch of drug addicts, so we shouldn't talk about this issue. Is, is that what you're referring to? Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I, what's what your I, question exactly? I mean, it's, it's, it's a bummer that those people aren't on the same page, but what, what else can you say? I mean, what do you think of this debate more broadly? I mean, is it something that's going to do bad things for the libertarian movement? I don't, oh, I, I don't see how debate can do anything bad. I don't think so. I think that when no, you... No, no, but, uh, but the tones that these people take, I mean, the tones... I mean, if you're following the LouRockwell.com blog, I mean, the debate right now is about Ron Paul. Uh, but people at the History News Network blog, they're, uh, especially Steve Horwitz, I mean, he's upset about Ron Paul in part because uh, Ron Paul will be associated with the libertarian movement, and people in general are going to, are going to think that the libertarian movement is more conservative than it really is. 
I see that point. I, I see that point, and it's certainly one of the burdens that the libertarian movement currently and, carries. And the fact that Ron Paul would get into the limelight would put um, people, libertarian thinkers, in the limelight. Also, he would he would draw them up with his uh, success, and therefore, uh, you know, people don't even know what this word really means. Uh, they, they think it means a Republican that smokes pot. They're not even sure. So yeah, that's I, what the objection is of these people is that the, so many people think that it's a libertarian, right. a Republican who and, smokes pot. And and it's Ron, not true. Ron Paul having success is going to to ask, make people ask about this um, libertarian thing a little more, and right. uh, you know get more libertarians on TV to talk about more issues, and then they can say, well, this is the libertarian stance on that. Right. And, and I would say that I'd rather have Ron Paul being confused as a true 100 percent pure libertarian than the someone Pat like Buchanan. Glenn Beck or, you know, fill in the blank of some other person that doesn't even come close Dennis to being Miller. a libertarian. Yeah, Dennis Miller, Glenn Beck, that sort of thing. Uh, Neil Bortz, even. I mean, he's more libertarian than Glenn Beck, but he's a warmonger. So, you know... The, I think he would the, go for offense, too. If the leftist libertarians are upset about Ron Paul, then what they need to do is... Field a candidate of their own that's as successful. Right. Yeah, have a have a ten term congressman. Any other thoughts, Peter? Um, no, that's it. But if uh, I just wanted to point out that I co-host a radio show here in Bowling Green, Ohio, that is modeled after Free Talk Live. Sweet. Oh, great! Borrow from yeah, the best, they say. Yeah. What station are you on? Uh, what's that? What station are you on? Eighty-eight point one. And uh, is that a college station? Yep. What times? Uh, Wednesday, six to eight p.m. Well, yeah, nobody can. Up. Can I plug it? Yeah, I was going to say, Mark, we can't give out the times because people around the country are listening. But yeah, if you've got I a podcast, give a plug. for sure. If you've got yeah, a we've got a we've got a podcast. You can check out our website at bgpoliticalanimals.com. It's bgpoliticalanimals.com. So, now, do you have a co-host? Uh, yeah, Jay Lafayette and Terrence Watson. So, when you say it's modeled, does it have uh, you know one one crazy loopy anarchist and then uh, does I'm it, not an anarchist. I I'm didn't a free say marketeer. you were, my friend. I would never. I would never <laughs> even suggest that. I was. <laughs> No, actually, I mean, when I say it's modeled, we use the same kind of uh, music, and also the same topics are discussed on our radio program. We also have similar guests, like people like Mark Emery, um, John Lott, etc. Cool. Sweet. The more the merrier. More uh, freedom-oriented programming on the air in as many places as possible. That's what this country needs. And that's, it's important that we have shows like yours and ours out there to help, uh, help the public understand what a libertarian really is. And how Ron Paul, he's mostly libertarian, but he might be off on a couple of these issues and, and correct those misconceptions uh, so you can really get the true message out. So I'm glad you're out there doing that. We need more people like you. Thanks for the call, dude. Good hey, hearing from you. you. Yes, sir. 800-259-9231. This misconception is something that libertarians have been trying to fend off for a long time. The idea that, oh, if you're a libertarian, you must have always been a conservative before that, and then you became a libertarian. Not true. The fact no. is, libertarians come from all over the place. And they if you really just, do. If you look at the Ron Paul campaign and his supporters, it'll tell you that... His supporters are coming from the left and the right and the up and the down and all over the place. The fact is, liberty works, and so it's a message that's very attractive. And that message attracts people who have never participated in politics. It attracts people that were on the far left, the far right, people that absolutely hate politics. Uh, it really is an effective message. And I understand the concerns of those people that are saying, well, you know, if Ron Paul is the first experience people have with liberty, they're going to think they're all a bunch of former Republicans. And, yeah, there are going to be people out there that think that. Okay. What can you do? You know, Ron Paul's not going to disappear tomorrow, and nor would I want him to. No. He's doing great stuff right now. 
He's bringing new people into the fold, and as you said, Mark, they're going to do their research, hopefully, and they're going to find out more, and they're going to read some books, and they're going to find Free Talk Live, or they're going to find uh, Peter's radio show, or whatever, and then they're going to find out that, well, okay, Ron, maybe not a perfect libertarian. Maybe I can be more principled than Ron Paul, and they'll move in that direction. Say what you want about Peter's show. Tomorrow I'm doing my best to sink his career. We can't have this kind of competition. (laughs) I'm not too concerned. By the time any other radio show gets as popular as we are, Mark will have made our money, and it won't matter. Good luck to Peter. Hour three's on the way. This is your show. You can take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live, Norway Prohibition, coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off hour number three. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's there for free, so enjoy those. That again, freetalklive.com. I said we're going to talk about Norway Prohibition. This one from, believe it or not, we have a, a large amount of listeners, at least for our internet listeners, uh, over in Sweden and Norway and uh, countries like that. Scandinavia. Yeah. Uh, well, Marius emails in. He says, here's a little story from Norway you might find interesting. For a few years now, gas stations and 7-Elevens, did you know that? At 7-Elevens over there, have had some slot machines standing around in their stores. For nearly as many years as the problem of gambling addiction has been part of our public debate because of some troubled individuals who use these slot machines self-destructively, popularly these slot machines have been considered the core of the problem. This idea led to a law prohibiting the owners of the machines from equipping, uh, from equipping them with blinking lights and sound effects. When the slot machine business continued to be a good business, our socialist politicians decided to ban the machines altogether. But here's the really good part. There will still be slot machines. The state company that runs the public lotteries has been granted a monopoly on slot machines. So as as though as though they were helping the public, they got rid of slot machines owned by private individuals. Right. But now the state can run uh, gambling. Right. It was because, a problem when it was in the hands of the privateers. Right. But if, if you become poor um, as a result of gambling with the state, well, we'll run commercials on TV and radio to warn you not to do so, <laughs> but still have just the, the gambling stuff out there for so you. So apparently they've been granted this monopoly on slot machines in, na- in the name of protection of the public well-being. See, they've been ordered to make nice machines that will stretch the input money as long as they can. These machines will also be monitored so that the regulators can remove at a click of a button any game on these machines that they find too popular and therefore too dangerous. And here's the even better part, says Marius. The regulators of some towns and small counties in Norway have decided that they don't even want these new, kinder slot machines. They want a total ban on slot machines in their jurisdictions to protect the public, of course. The state, however, has decided that these machines will be available all through Norway, and they have threatened the towns and councils with withholding funds for culture, sports for kids, and so on. The whole affair is a travesty, he says. The state has nationalized a big market under the pretense of protecting gambling addicts, but what they, of course, really want is the money from the business. So, just another example of how the state could give a flip about protecting you from gambling addiction. That's why they're the ones running all the numbers. Right. That's why they, you know, in a lot of states, the only organization that right. can do gambling. I, I, excluding Nevada and, you know, some of the Indian casinos, 
it's the state and the state alone that allows uh, that that controls with an iron grip how people can gamble. Yeah, you know, here or here in New Hampshire, you can go to the dog track. Down in Florida, there were dog tracks. High lie, I think you can gamble yeah, on. Yeah, there's down different there. types of gambling in different places, but they they limit so much of it. If you right. just want to, you know, have a group of guys in your house and and bet on some poker, you'll be you'll be lucky if you don't get busted. I guess. Uh, lucky isn't the right term, but it c- you could get busted. Consider yourself fortunate if yeah. you don't get busted. Uh, you know the only and way that's part of the fun of it, honestly, is is sneaking around. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, doing something that's naughty. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. So, just wanted to point that out. That's why the state is the only uh, the only agency allowed to engage in a lottery because they hate competition. They know that if they were to legalize lotteries. That any old group, Free Talk Live, we could have our own lotto if we wanted to. Yep. And we could offer better odds than the state. Now, we're not going to offer the same kind of cash prize because we probably won't have as many people participating. Uh, but the fact is, private organizations, private casinos could offer more tantalizing odds than the state lotto. And therefore, no one would want to go and buy state lottery tickets anymore. And so the state doesn't want to have to compete, so they just... <laughs> Outlaw all competition with the stroke of a pen, and they have the exclusive control over who can gamble on what. Have no interest in, in you know, preventing people from gambling. They just want them to gamble through their state-approved venues. It's disgusting, and it's despicable, and it needs to end. This prohibition on gambling in this country, and, you know, we talk about drug prohibition a lot on this show. We don't really talk about gambling prohibition very often. It, just like any other prohibition... Prohibition on prostitution, prohibition on drugs, gambling prohibition needs to be ended as soon as possible because competition will make the games more likely to be uh, you you'd be more likely to win those games. Sure. Uh, Nevada won't get all the business anymore. Different places can open up their own casinos if they want to. You don't have to have Indian blood to open a casino. What's wrong with that? Why can't people decide for themselves what to do? I can go tomorrow and buy a thousand shares of stock at, you know, Google stock at, what is it, four hundred, five hundred, six hundred dollars a share? I can go and buy a whole bunch of different stocks tomorrow and spend all of my life savings on that and then two days later lose it all. Is well, that gambling? Not likely on Google stock, but you de- absolutely could on like derivatives of um, commodities and penny that kind stocks. Of How about penny stocks? Penny I mean, there's stocks. all kinds you of things. You absolutely can gamble um, legally on the stock market. You'd have to know a bit more about it. It's kind of like horse racing, yeah. but it it just doesn't make any sense. Every time I think about uh, gambling, I think about that football pool. Um, where the SWAT team busted in and shot the optometrist accidentally. Right, he was running an office in pool. In the head. Right. And killed him. As many offices do. You know, and and I just think about these things. It, it, this was Virginia. Why in the world would they think that the SWAT team was necessary to bust into an optometrist's office? I've seen them. It's, it's gambling. It's illegal, Mark. There's illegal activity going on. And if it's illegal, we need to have guns. Yeah, well, God knows. We have to have a, the black suits on and, right. and bust black in masks. like stormtroopers. It's not just the optometrist. I've seen video footage of them doing gambling raids, and they treat it just like a drug raid. How many times have they gone in to... uh, This is what I'd like to know. And I know we have law enforcement officers listening and people that have been involved in law enforcement. Maybe you can clue me in. Of all of the gambling raids that the police have engaged in over the years, however many that is, of all of the gambling raids, how many of the gamblers or dealers have been armed with something and have, you know, lunged at the cops or shot at the cops or done anything at all to engage the police in some sort of violent act? 
How many? I can't really imagine it'd be very many, mm. if any at all. I mean, come on. Who, how many dealers are standing there playing blackjack with a Tommy gun strapped to their back just waiting for the cops to bust in? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, it's absurd. So that's a great question. Why do they use this uh, this technique? Well, it's because that's what they have. I mean, they've got one technique, and that's force. And they want to show it as uh, forcefully as possible. They want to use it to the maximum extent possible. And they want to crack down. They get, get, they get excited by this crap, man. This is their addiction. It's the adrenaline rush of kicking in people's doors, and breaking them in, like crap, yeah. right? Breaking in windows, throwing them around, throwing them to the ground, tasing them, st- uh, shoving their knee into their back. These things get those cops off. They feel really good about it. They feel like they're making a difference, especially the ones that get in, in on the uh, the, the SWAT, SWAT team. team. Yeah. You better believe you know, it. I, my experience with uh, law enforcement officers. The ones that get into the, uh, the 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 front line elite team things like that, mm-hmm. those are the ones that uh, you know got more testosterone than brains. They're ready to hurt somebody. They're doing it in the name of law enforcement, but right. really they just want to crack some heads. And you know, these cops are just as likely as anyone else to get together for a game of poker over a weekend. Do you think that these cops who are going in raiding people for gambling wouldn't do the same thing themselves? That they yeah. wouldn't go and get together? They probably are. Right. Light up a few cigars on the weekend with some of their stolen booty that they've taken from a drug dealer earlier, betting a whole bunch of money and stuff, having a good old time. See, it's okay for them to have a good time because they're our betters. They're our superiors. They're the authorities. Really, this just needs to end. And I can't imagine there'd be anyone out there besides someone who's in law enforcement or someone who's a government person who could who could take an anti-gambling uh, position, who could say that, yes, it is a good thing that this is illegal, and it's a good thing that these people are being raided and put in jail and charged with things for, for, for gambling? It's just a, it's an old antithetical uh, uh, theory. I remember my grandmother told me about how her brothers got in huge, huge trouble from my great-grandmother, uh, Grandma Traub, uh, uh, you know, Grandma Pauline, mm-hmm. and... She, uh, she apparently she just did some terrible things when she found some cards, some playing cards on them, hmm. and that's what this is. This is just a leftover weird uh, religious thing, and somehow the state's enterprising on that by being the only organization that allows gambling. Right. See, gambling by the state's definition is is, is just fine as long as it's the state that's running the numbers mm-hmm. and, and running the odds. Anybody else? Illegal. Crack them down. Throw them in a jail cell. Ruin their lives. Madness. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features for free, including the bulletin board system. we got over 300,000 posts for you to surf around through serious issues, fun stuff. You will find it all and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. So get interactive. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com and read some real testimonials and find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. We go to the phones to the fun. Mike in Illinois, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Hey, Mike. guys. How's it going? Great. What's on your mind? Okay, I was just calling out to respond to something you said a little while ago about how you couldn't imagine how anybody outside of government could be against gambling. I, I meant uh, against gambling in that uh, they want it to be illegal. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I meant. Yeah, in here in Illinois, well, this is uh, this is probably one of the most 
socialist states mm-hmm. in the country. Matter of fact, I'm looking to get. I'm looking to join the Free State Project as soon as I can relocate. Excellent. You can yeah, you can uh, join now and then relocate later if you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. I that's I need to do that. Because the numbers uh, going up is a good thing, and it helps encourage more people to join. Yep. So joining now would be helpful. Go to freestateproject.org for that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll get right on that. Actually, uh, they had a. They've got uh, the riverboat casinos here in Illinois, one in Peoria. I like to play blackjack myself a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, they have one, let's see Peoria, and they were talking about putting one in Danville, Illinois, and they had this big. You know, city council hoop de doo meeting, and, you know, they talk to people on the streets, you know, how they do with the media, and they ask their opinions. And you would not believe how many people said, oh, I think gambling should be illegal well, because go ahead. it takes money out of, well, when people lose, that somehow puts a burden on the rest of the people. Like somehow. They're commies. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they somehow imagine that if like I... That. I mean, with smoking bans, I mean, this state is ridiculous. If somehow I mean, if I spend all my money or lose all my money or something like that, it's going to affect the rest of the, the Yeah, somehow, somehow the they're going to, either through welfare or some other, you know, government agency, they're going to have to pay it, and they don't look at the real problem. The problem is people not being responsible for themselves. And the problem is also welfare. I mean... Right, it, exactly. That's what I mean. You know, yeah. they're not... They don't look at people being responsible for themselves. That's the, the that's where the problem starts. That's the, the their whole mindset is off. Quick quick question for you about the uh, the gambling boats. Um, who's running these things? They are uh, well, some are run by Harrah's and a lot Boyd Boyd Casino. You know, they're uh, actually corporate owned. So would they be allowing? You say Danville was looking at it. Now Danville's a, a city, small 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 city in. Uh, uh, yeah. Me, I, overall, yeah, I'd say it was smaller, yeah. So Danville was looking at approving a, one of these boats. Does that mean that only one boat would be allowed to service Correct. all of Danville? So it would still be a monopoly, and it would be the the uh, rights to do it would still be held through the government's approval. And people are people imagine somehow that once uh, casinos come in, that organized crime has somehow taken over. I think there's the movies. <laughs> have, done, have the movies done that to people? You know, Joe Pesci? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't... I, I know what you're saying, and I know that a lot of people think like that, but out here in Illinois, it seems to me the organized crime thing isn't so much the problem with the average person. It's the whole... It's the whole idea that if you go and... That you shouldn't have the right to go lose your money, your own hard-earned money. Yeah, it's absurd. I mean, the yeah. fact is, you can lose your money in all kinds of ways. Exactly. Investing in a business, market, anything. real estate. I yeah. mean, I'm going to lose my butt on my house down in Sarasota, but oh yeah, no, no, no bites on that yet. No, not a damn thing. In fact, <laughs> there was an open house uh, over the weekend, and I didn't talk to my realtor about it. So he didn't call me, so that means nothing good happened, right? It's a tough market out there yeah, right it's, now. It's terrible. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that—that's basically all I called to say. Is it, Very good. I think I think people that they, they just they just want to protect everybody else. From yeah, themselves. you got to get out of there, man. That place you, you can't even protect yourself. I mean, the, the oh, gun I restrictions I, in I Illinois can have are a awful. Card. You know, I can own a gun, but I can't carry it with me anywhere. Right. It's it's terrible. Thanks for <laughs> the call, dude. Hope to see you in New Hampshire right. sometime. Thanks, dude. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So yes, he's right. There are plenty of people out there. I just wanted one of them to call this show. 
so you could talk to us about it, because I'd love to hear your viewpoint. If you're one of those people that thinks gambling should be illegal, we'll move you right to the front of the call queue at 800-259-9231. No, I, can, I can sort of understand why it is that people think that gambling should be illegal if we have this big socialized uh, monolith of a government that says that you know if you if they if somebody wastes all their money that um they, you know that we have to take care of their kids or something mm-hmm. i can kind of see that of course they can waste their money on anything they can, right. they can spend it Drugs. on beer sure. they can uh, you know they can gamble illegally if they want to mm, they can yeah. they can gamble online there's ways to do it they can spend all their money on the lottery i think every state has one if they don't they darn close to them all do so they're not stopping gambling no, of course not. They just—they're just driving it underground. And the same thing with the online ones you mentioned uh, last year. I think it was last year. The government outlawed the federal government outlawed all online forms of gambling. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely outrageous. There's some trouble with that. Uh, the UN, the World Court, apparently Antigua has sued the United States over that. Really? And uh, lost in the World Court somehow. And uh, Antigua lost. No, the United States. The United lost. States did. And um, you're, you're catching me flat-footed here. Hmm. But uh, look this up for yourselves. Don't take my word for it. But I think that uh, you know there was a loss there. And it, the world court's looking if the United States won't come to the table and, and deal here to uh, give Antigua the right to violate – all the uh, you know the United States uh, property laws—they're not property laws, but they're uh, intellectual property laws. So they could, I see. you know, make whatever they wanted to there. Uh, different music videos or you right. know uh, CDs, movies, whatever. You know, the gambling issue I think would make a nice one for the civil disobedience crowd uh, because they're always looking for an issue that they can they can go and disobey about that uh, could be somewhat popular publicly and bring it bring attention to that issue like i think gambling would be a good one you know you could announce that there was going to be a public poker game yep. for cash and you could do it right out in public set up a little table some chairs and a dealer with a little hat on you know the little dealer visor yeah. Green. and it would yeah it would make a great little i think uh, photo op and uh, in public civil disobedience opportunity yeah i, I it might very well I, it's not quite as uh, wholesome as the outlaw manicurist that was some good stuff no, but but nonetheless, gambling is incredibly popular amongst the American people. I mean, look at this Texas Hold'em. Just, I mm-hmm. think Texas Hold'em, it's probably on the downturn as far as its popularity, but still, it's just blew up over the last few years. If it if if it weren't popular, people wouldn't be playing Texas it's, Hold'em. It's still very popular, and the poker tour on TV is popular. But there's a new one out there that's uh, called Let It Ride, which I think might... Oh, the card game? Yeah, it's a card game. It's a gambling game, so it's probably not going to hit TV quite as big as Texas Hold'em did, but... It's a lot of fun. 800-259-9231. Speaking of fun, let's talk to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi, hon. Um, I just want to uh, let you all know something. I, I sent some stuff to the representatives today that uh, this is out of my book on the House of David about Iraq. We were not supposed to go there. GW was supposed to be stopped. Germany, France, and Russia were supposed to stop him from going into Iraq. How are they going to stop him? <laughs> well, it's because of, of who they are. See, Germany is us. France is us. Okay? And, and anyway... Um, you're really of off us. the deep end tonight, Paula. I don't know what yeah, you're talking anyway, about. This, uh, I got the uh, uh, newsletter from Tex Mars. Yeah. Good old crazy old Tex. Tex. Tex Mars. Crazy conspiracy nut job. More on the way. Thanks for the call, Paula. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us, including the live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both for free for you, freetalklive.com. And adameve.com has got a special offer for you. Go to adameve.com and get 50% off one item when you type in TALK for the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code TALK at adameve.com. 800-259-9231. We go to the phones. Do the fun. Eddie in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Eddie. Hey, yes, guys. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, a couple of things. But um, hey, man, Tex Mars is my buddy. I get his newsletter. So you oh, yeah, is he your buddy, or crazy. do you get his newsletter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get his newsletter. I haven't got one in a couple of months, but he's yeah, that guy somehow I got say. on his email list. Someone must have given me their, uh, given given him my email address because I know I never would. And uh, he started sending me his crackpot nut job stuff. So uh, what's on your mind tonight, Eddie? Okay, one more thing before I get to my main issue. You know, you talked about the police that bust in with their black uniforms for the gambling. Yep. Those, those police, their black uniforms, they also have black helicopters. I'm sure they do. <laughs> but to my main issue, you know, I voted against gambling here in Ohio, but as I'm sitting here listening to you guys, I go, I think I did make the wrong choice because I can go right down the street to the, my 7-Eleven and buy all kinds of gambling um, tickets and six digits and whatever else. I'm mm-hmm. like, but that's all state run. So You're I'm damn right. Thinking, well, they're they're doing it now. Why don't they just go ahead and open up some big store down there on the river and and let everybody go run down there and shoot the dice and play twenty one and blackjack and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, so why not? I must agree. I agree with you. You know, I think by listening to you tonight, I think you definitely changed my mind on that. Even though I'm against gambling, I don't do it myself. Yeah, these people want to throw their money away. No, I don't, they're gonna do it. I don't shoot sure. heroin into my veins, but I think people should be free to make that choice if that's something they want to do. And the last thing I want to do is put someone in a jail cell for engaging in what is a completely consensual activity. The people that go and gamble are making that choice on their own, and uh, you know they might win, they might lose, they'll probably lose. Uh, and anybody who's a gambler knows that. It's just they like it. It's fun for them, and no one gets hurt. So absolutely. It needs to be completely legal, and the government needs to be the hell out of it. In fact, the government doesn't need to be doing uh, running any numbers whatsoever. Uh, all of that needs to be taken out of their hands. That way uh, people can at least have somewhat better odds. Eddie, thanks for the call, man. Good hearing from you. 800-259-9231 to Cooper in Ohio. Oh, yeah, No, Cooper in Colorado, rather. You're on Free Talk Live. Cooper. Hey, guys. Hey, hey what's man. on your mind? Uh, well, I did an Operation Politically Homeless booth in my school. How'd that go? Yes. Uh, in well, fact, your dad, uh, Brian, had called us to tell us a little bit about it, but I guess there were some details he left out that you were going to share with us. You had uh, you had to get permission from the school bureaucrats to set it up, but you were going to go and do it anyway. Turns out they did give you the permission, and, and he said it was a, a big success, but give us the detail. Yeah. Um, we had to fill out this form, and uh, I had to have a sponsor. And uh, his sponsor had to be, like, a teacher or someone. It couldn't be, like, someone outside of the school. It had to be... You know, someone, a paid official. Right, which is one of the trickiest parts, because if you go to a government school, it's very difficult to find a sponsor that's going to be appreciative of a liberty-oriented event. 
Now, right. you know, the Operation Politically Homeless is sort of neutral in that, you, you know, you are sort of figuring out where people are at on the political spectrum. Uh, but nonetheless, if you've got something you want to do with a liberty theme, unless you know of a teacher that is friendly to those ideas, you're, you're SOL. You, you can't do anything. Right. And I, I, uh, I thought my uh, – I have a class called Political Issues, which is totally government crap. But uh, I thought he would be a good a good sponsor just because I did this in his class mm-hmm. to let him know like what his how his students would fit, you know, just as a uh, a favorite to him kind of. Yeah, that's so cool. He, he already knew about this, and so I put him as my sponsor, and I turned into the bureaucrats, and I was like, yeah, so this Thursday, and that was like three days from when I turned it in. Mm. Um, uh, and so I, uh, I was like, okay, yeah, well, well, this looks good, but we're gonna need to look into this this group, the uh, the activists for self government. Like, okay, uh, they already think I'm a terrorist or something <laughs> over at my school uh, because you know I have these ideas. You know sure. why the government should shouldn't be in this, and I've I've been I've been in trouble before for talking back to an official Ooh. Um, about this insubordination. Exactly, yeah. And um, <laughs> anyway, I I uh, my dad called the school that day and uh, he changed some minds. He's very persuasive. That's good. On the phone. And uh, he changed the minds, and so I had to go ahead. But I was all ready to go, man. I was pumped up, man. I was I was ready to go. So I got my table out there. I got my chairs. I got my easel. I put the big board up, and then uh, for the first ten minutes or so, it was a little slow. I got one or two people. Right. But then as soon as lunch got over, man, I had like thirty people at the table nonstop for the next two hours. So and now, how were you able to take so much time out of your school day in order to do this? Uh, every third period is uh, the lunch period, and so we have. Uh, a two-hour period where it's split up into four lunches, and I just got that period off. Huh, and so okay. I was able to be there for all four periods. So oh, I, wow. I got, I got you know, two thousand students coming in and out of the lunchroom every day, and I got about, I got about three hundred of them. That's amazing. Oh, were you all right. by yourself? Did you have any I, assistance? I was all by myself. My girlfriend helped me for uh, for uh, thirty minutes, but then I was all by myself the rest of the time. Wow. And uh, I really thought, like when I set up for this, I really thought that I would get all my materials confiscated so I didn't bring enough quizzes. Hmm. So I actually had, like, so if people would leave them on the table, I had to erase them. Wow. So people could use them again because I had, I had so much demand for this. Now, what, are you, what were your observations as far as what were the results, what were uh, people saying, what are some highlights that you would give us? Right. Well, this, this is amazing. I mean, I got, in the libertarian column, I got over 80 dots. Out of 300. Out of three hundred, pretty nice. Well, yeah. that sounds that sounds about uh, normally when I when I see it, it's uh, seems to be about forty percent too. And I I don't know why it is. Um, That's twenty six percent. Twenty six percent. Yeah. Was, why did I say? Yeah. Uh, yeah and then I got the uh, the other majority bad, is in the center column. Man. I got I got a, a whole bunch of dots. Like like a whole collection. Like all the dots were falling off because so I had the, so many people in the. They section. were mostly in the center. There was another group, a large group in the center. Yeah. Now, uh, the, the biggest concentration was like uh, center, upper right. That makes sense, Mark, because where we normally do these Operation Politically Homeless booths, we come across a wide, a wide swath of mm-hmm. people uh, from different age uh, brackets. Here you're dealing with high school kids that most of them, they probably don't know many of the issues, right. which is why you've got a lot of centrists. Centrists, just, uh, you can answer don't know to everything and still end, end up in centrist. Right. You can go and take this quiz for yourself. Go to quiz.freetalklive.com to see what we're talking about. It's a, it's a real quick 10-question quiz. You answer yes, maybe, or no, and then it 
calculates your position on the the political chart. And so a lot of these kids are going to be saying maybe to these issues because they just aren't sure, they don't know what the issues are, and that's why they're going to end up in that uh, in that place. Now, how do, were there any authoritarians on the chart or statists? Uh, I have two borderlines, but that's it. I have none actually in this the uh, in the area. I have two. Two on the border, center, and status. So they must grow into status then, because as they get older, I noticed that when uh, when we did our events at like the uh, the fair, the county fair, there usually would be the older folks uh, that would be more likely to be in the statist category. So mm. they just get more and more indoctrinated in their statist ways, I guess, as, as time goes on. What other highlights? Well, I, I thought it was funny. I, I have two two big points here. There are a bunch of people who are like, "Oh, I know where I fit. I'm 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 over here," and I go, <laughs> "Prove prove it." Yeah. And so they take the test and they go. Huh. And they're like, like they're either more towards the center, but usually they were up. They were like, uh, you know, in the libertarian section, just above the the, the center line for a conservative. Hmm. Yeah, so, a lot of people you know, get a lot so, of people get it wrong when they predict themselves. Yeah, especially uh, you know, conservatives will often think that they're conservative, and liberals will often think that they're liberal when in fact they're really libertarians. Yeah. And I had very little. I had very little liberals or conservatives. I had. Uh, well, I can't exactly count them right now, but I had very little. Most of it, I mean, the the majority of the concentration is up and uh, pretty much right down the center. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? Now, I imagine you probably had to, uh, to answer a lot of questions because they probably didn't know some of the issues. Was that the case? Yeah, I did a little bit. Um, I had I had a few Ron Paul flyers with me. <laughs> it's very uh, interesting that, uh, you know, these young people even though they've been to years and years of government indoctrination, are still liberty-friendly, even after all of that time. If you've got more observations, hang on. We'll bring you back. Interesting outreach event. Uh, more coming up. You can take control, even in these remaining moments. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call. If you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, completely free, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and the idea is a simple one. If you enjoy the website and the show and you like the fact that we give you all the features for free, just go to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month. And the purpose of the program is to help promote Free Talk Live, get us on more radio stations across the country, and spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible and as fast as possible. We can do it with your help if you go to amp.freetalklive.com. And you get some perks, too, to sweeten the deal, like access to the AMP-only call-in line that we just had Cooper on a few moments ago. Uh, Also, the AMP-only chat room and AMP-only forum. Go and get all the details. Learn how we're spending the money. It's all going to promote Free Talk Live. Amp.freetalklive.com. We had Cooper on the Line. He dropped off, so he was going to tell us about his interaction with the school bureaucrats while he was doing his OPH booth. If he wants to dial back in to finish the story, he's certainly welcome to do that. Uh, in the meantime, we go to a story from, uh, let's see, this is a, just a bizarro, just amazingly strange, Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Who could disagree with Sesame Street? I I can't imagine who, anybody could. Maybe they could, don't like the idea that uh, that they teach Spanish on Sesame could, Street. Who could be offended? Who could possibly label Sesame Street as adults only? Oh God! Well. I thought this was satire, and this appears to be a legitimate website from Australia. The Age dot com dot au. It's one of their newspapers over there. 
Sesame Street is now being brought to you by the letters P and C, for political correctness, that is. The Fun Police have slapped an adults-only warning on a new DVD of classic episodes, which featured a world in which children played in the street. A monster gorged on cookies, and a bad-tempered puppet lived in a bin. The episodes made between 1969 and 1974 have been released in the United States with the caution, quote, These early Sesame Street episodes are intended for grown-ups and may not suit the needs of today's preschool child. What? I, like I said, Mark, I couldn't believe this. Topping the list of furry villains is the Cookie Monster, whose penchant for devouring cookies and the odd plate or two is no longer deemed appropriate behavior for modern children. Have they really changed the Cookie Monster? He doesn't eat cookies anymore? <laughs> what what he does he do? He devours celery sticks. <laughs> what is, what, uh, he, eats a re- <laughs> he finishes his dinner and eats a reasonable amount. Look, then he goes out and gets an hour's worth of exercise every day. Now, I know we've got a number of parents in our listening audience. Certainly some of you have bought some more recent um, Sesame Street episodes for your kids on DVD and that sort of thing. So maybe you can help clue us in as to what the new Cookie Monster is like. Do they even have Cookie Monster now? Did they retire the Cookie Monster? Is he even one of their characters? Did, uh, what, did they change his name? Is he now the Blue Monster? Mr. Mm-hmm. Monster or Purple Monster, whatever color he was? I uh, would love to hear from a parent that knows what the current situation is today. But uh, the, the episode's been labeled adults only. His alter ego, Alistair Cookie, host of Monsterpiece Theater, apparently modeled the wrong behavior by smoking a pipe and eating it. I remember that from being a kid. Yeah, that was good. That was fun stuff. Back then, Big Bird's, uh, this is according to Sesame Street producer Carolyn Parenti. Back then, Big Bird's bumbling friend, Mr. Snuffleupagus, was still imaginary, which might encourage delusional behavior. And trash-loving Oscar the Grouch has been targeted for his blatant bad manners and questionable hygiene. According to the producer, we might not be able to create a character like Oscar today, she told, uh, told the New York Times. Like the whitewashing of Enid Blyton books, the move has sparked howls of protest and charges of political correctness, sucking the fun out of childhood. Children's book author Andy Griffiths, creator of the popular Bum series, it's probably popular in Australia, but then again, what do I know? I'm not a parent. Said children love dark, mischievous characters such as those who lived on Sesame Street. He said, kids love seeing their primal desires acted out in the form of things like gluttony or violence. And literature or television is a place they can safely experience these desires. He says, I think it's entirely healthy and an appropriate thing for a children's TV program to be doing. Griffiths, uh, the author of the book, says uh, children could tell the difference between fantasy and reality and didn't blindly mimic the behavior of clearly fictional characters. People who... And the idea that kids are that stupid... Is really insulting. Well, I think that I think they probably do try, um, you know, to shove a cookie in their mouth real quick, like Cookie Monster does, or make a mess, maybe. But I don't think they do it every time they have a cookie. Um, yeah. It would depend on what kind of reaction they got from the people around them. Did they think that was sure. funny? Did they get a, a good result? You know. I, I I still don't see anything terrible here, though. I, I can't say and I ever would. By the way, um, delusional behavior. Look. Kids are going to have imaginary friends. Yeah. Period. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't matter whether Big Bird sees Mr. Snuffleupagus or not. People will, uh, Griffiths, this is, again, the author, says that 
Uh, people who claim to be protecting children always make the assumption that what children see is what they will do. Underlying that is the assumption that kids can't tell the difference between fantasy and real life, and I found that to be cons- uh, consistently bogus. A clinical psychologist and consultant on children's television production said a sanitized world was far more dangerous than the wacky world of Sesame Street. He says, this is Andrew Fuller, uh, he says, unless we expose kids to a diverse range of characters and behavior, they won't be prepared for the real world. The ABC, which has broadcast Sesame, uh, Sesame Street since 1971, would no longer consider the original episode suitable children's material, said their head of children's programming. He says we might screen them in the context of a discussion about what was happening back then, but now they are not appropriate as children's TV. God, that's so weird to me. Uh, he says the reality is the majority of kids are not going to copy this behavior, but as producers of these shows, we have to think about what might happen with the minority. Even if a small number of kids might do it, you have a problem. So yeah, God knows they'd be responsible completely for the whatever some one child did. It just, just doesn't make any so sense. So yes, so now no kids get to watch any fun old Sesame Street programming because these old sticks in the mud. They uh, they just they've changed their policies. Now we're more sensitive, and I think it's outrageous. It is outrageous. I I I, I can't believe it. I mean, Mark, you were raised. Uh, when, when were you? What year were you born? I was born in seventy one. Seventy one. So you would have grown up watching uh, some of these episodes then. I'm sure that, I did. That they're referring to, and you know, you turned out okay. Well, besides the nine years probably, in prison, I'm probably not the best example. <laughs> You're right. I just realized that I was saying it. <laughs> but, but I watched these things. That that uh, Alistair c- character they were talking about, the Cookie Monster uh, movie reviewer guy that yeah, shoves the pipe in his that. mouth. I remember that. So that was in the early '80s. It was still going on then, and I'm okay. I think most of the people my age. Well, they, maybe you aren't the best example. They're either. all right. I like the Mouseketeers. I remember that. Uh, they, they, back in the 70s, they had these bright, uh, colorful mm-hmm. colors that they'd wear. It was really uh, psychedelic. By the way, sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided in the FBI, by the FBI and Secret Service on November 14th. All of its pre- precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to LibertyDollar.org and sign up for their updates and get registered for the class action lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. That's LibertyDollar.org. We have Cooper back on the line. Cooper in Colorado, who set up an Operation Politically Homeless booth at his school cafeteria recently, had a tremendous uh, amount of uh, young people in his high school turn out to actually take the quiz. A nice, decent amount of uh, solidly scoring libertarians and a uh, incredibly large amount of centrists, which is understandable because many of these young people, let's be frank, they just don't know the issues. So that's why uh, that, that many of them scored that way. You had a few other highlights to share with us, though, Cooper, and you're back on the line. Right. Um, I had, uh, uh, I was, where I was, was right outside of the dean's offices and security office and all that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they were hanging around, they were watching me, making sure I wasn't, you know, like being a terrorist or anything. Right. So, um, uh, I asked like one of the deans who was standing there, say, Hey man, you want to take a quiz? And then, and he, he recoiled so fast. I wish I would have <laughs> had a camera. He's like, no, I can't tell you that. And that's about the same reaction I've had from every single teacher. Like they cannot tell you their political beliefs because they're so afraid that the system will reprimand them Crush for that. Crush them, yeah. Right. So <laughs> I, uh, I I didn't get any of them. But so I much for get... being free, you know? I mean, <laughs> Right, yeah. I, it doesn't make any sense. But I did get a lot of security guards to take it. Interesting. And, uh, I got, you know, they, a lot of them scored, you know, not, you know, not, not bad. I mean, they were, uh, two of them were centrists, one of them was a conservative, and then one of them was a, I mean, he got uh, ninety a hundred. I mean, he was a top libertarian. Sweet, really. And he and he thought he was a 
you know, a really right conservative. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it surprises people. Some, I, I get people, yeah, people don't seem to quite understand the, uh, the libertarian and authoritarian uh, quadrants. You know, I've had per- people tell me that you're right of Attila the Hun, you know, and things like that. Well, no, I really am not. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the point about the Operation Politically Homeless event is to show people that there's more than just the right and the left uh, and the center. There's, there's, uh, there's other areas that people are just left out of, and libertarian and authoritarian are those two other areas, and authoritarian being someone who believes the government should decide absolutely everything, whether it's an economic or personal freedom issue, and a libertarian, of course, believing someone should be um, making their own decisions for their own lives. Right. And that's what I had to tell the. That's what I had to tell the bureaucrats. I was like, uh, we got to. We need to make sure this group isn't, uh, you know, promoting any particular right. views. Like, no, it's doing the opposite. It's letting you promote your view. Good job, Cooper. Keep up the good work, man. And uh, don't forget to don't hesitate to share your stories in the future. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.